Welcome to Going Back, a rewatch podcast about the television show Lost, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Hydar. Hey, everybody, welcome to Going Back, a Lost rewatch podcast. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Hydar. And we are your hosts, like we always do. About this yep. time, talking about the TV show Lost, we're covering another two episodes. Is this episode nine and ten, or seven uh, and eight? Nine and ten. It's nine and okay. ten. Okay, okay. So we're on episode five of this podcast, right? It sounds right. Who knows? Who's keeping track? I didn't know I was supposed to be keeping track of this. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought you had a run and tally right there off camera, but... I mean, I can now, but I gotta know in advance that that's my job. <laughs> ah, someone listening will do it. Yeah. So, exactly. We're talking about the episodes Solitary and Raised by Another, a Saeed yes. flashback and a Claire flashback, respectively. I gotta say, back to back bangers, especially Solitary. Solitary rules. Solitary is a great episode, it's a really important episode. Sets up. Yeah, they're both a lot of things. You meet in particular two very important figures in yeah. Lost lore. And these are kind of two of the episodes that I think about the most when I think about season one. In my mind, these are two of the representative episodes of this season. Yeah. Just because the events are seismic and they kind of both change the dynamic of the show in really substantial ways, even though maybe not obvious right off the bat. Yeah, the first episode we're talking about, again, it's called Solitary. And if you recall, when we left off, Saeed and Jack were fresh off of torture and Sawyer in the jungle. Yes. And Saeed felt pretty heavy about that. So he goes into a self-imposed exile. Yeah. Risky decision, I would argue. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's risky. Everything on the island right now is pretty risky, but... I like the vibe of Saeed. You know, Saeed is a very moral man. And so yeah. this idea of him going on a pilgrimage to kind of atone for a sin, I think works really well for him. And I love the opening shot of him sitting on the beach. It's just, I think the show, you know, I've said it before, but the show is just so well shot. And there's so many moments in this episode in particular that are just really good looking. Yeah, he's sitting on the beach and he finds a cable mm -hmm. buried in the sand and he starts pulling it out of the ground. Part of it leads into the ocean and right. he's not going to follow it into the ocean. But fortunately, no. another part leads into the jungle and he goes running off into the jungle to see where that cable yeah. leads. And boy, did I want to know where that cable led when I first saw this. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool lost mystery, like... What is this fucking cable? And we still don't know what the cable is by the time the episode ends because he gets interrupted. But like, that's just such a good hook for his story. Yeah. Finding this mysterious cable. And I like the part where Kate is obviously concerned for Saeed. We find out he's been mm -hmm. gone for two days at this point. And Jack is like, I think Saeed will be fine. He is a trained soldier. Right. Immediately cut to Saeed getting caught in a fucking snare yeah. trap and hanging upside down by his <laughs> leg. And to I his mean, credit, yeah. he was being very careful. He just I was going to say, we see him avoid a couple traps. Yeah, it's he avoids just a that, trip wire for sure. Yeah, it's just that 
he's running into a very trap-happy person. <laughs> Someone who really sets some fucking traps, you know? Yeah, it's a very complex trap. It involves him not only being strung up in a tree yeah. by his leg, but also the part where he swings into something that stabs him in the Ugh. leg felt intentional. Really? Because I think that, like, knocked him out briefly, didn't it? I think that was just an accident that happened, but, like, he made a mistake that he should have known. He's talking about how trained he is as a soldier. He's hanging upside down. He has a thing sticking out of his leg. He should know that as soon as you pull that out, you are passing out. That is just how the human body works. You are going to lose consciousness as soon as you remove that thing. And that's what happens. So, obviously, it seems like a person set that yes what if that was just how saeed's storyline ends like turns out yeah, that's just the end that trap was set by someone who died a long time ago <laughs> saeed <laughs> just hangs there and slowly dies yeah it's he just... gets the expose treatment like <laughs> i don't know that would suck i would hate that because i love saeed and i love naveen andrews i don't know if i mentioned this he's very very hot <laughs> i like the conversation between Hurley and Jack back in yeah. the caves. Yes. Yeah. When Hurley is like, man, everyone's sad and bored and they need stuff to do. <laughs> and Jack goes, well, things could be worse. Uh-huh. And Hurley goes, how? <laughs> right. That is such a good bit of dialogue. It is. It's such a good philosophical argument that Hurley makes. He's totally right all they're doing right now is you know wondering who's gonna get attacked next <laughs> like what fucking monster is gonna come out of the woods and eat them and so yeah they need to unwind or they're gonna lose their minds like it makes sense i but jack can't see that because he's such a even before the island he was such a no fun focus on work guy yeah it's it's a doctorly answer yeah like at least we have a place to sleep uh, roof over it it's like yeah there's yeah. fucking monsters in here though man could not be worse <laughs> so saeed wakes up strapped to a table mm -hmm. and there's someone asking him who alex is in several different yeah. languages it's a really really good disorienting scene and he says he doesn't know and then he gets electrocuted and it's like oh shit this person has electricity that's neat. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's also just one of those great little karmic things that this show likes to do where he's having a moral crisis about the fact that he returned to his roots as a torturer and is now getting tortured. It's yeah. just such a good, a rich thematic well to pull from for an episode yeah and the the part where he follows that cable into the jungle like it doesn't directly explain how this woman has electricity but it's good enough like they never yeah, really explain totally. the cable so i'm just like yeah i bet that cable is where that electricity's coming from probably good right. enough for now well, and like we know that there's some place on the island that is transmitting a radio signal and we know that she's involved. So, you know, like the audience is putting that sort of thing together in their heads, which I think that the show does a good job of a lot of times with its world building. As much as it gets pegged with only asking questions and not providing answers, it does a lot of world building and storytelling in the background also. Yeah. So we see a flashback to Saeed's job in the yes. Iraqi army. And uh-oh, he was a torturer yeah. of men. And women, yes. maybe. And, I mean, that speaks to why he feels 
so bad about what he did to Sawyer, or at least it, it doesn't immediately. Like at first you see that and you're like, well, he's used to torturing people. Why is he so broken up about it? But we find out yeah. shortly into the episode. I mean, you get the sense that even before you knew that, that like he felt great guilt over his violent past. And yeah, you see it and they are at least initially trying to do a a little bit of a rug pull where he's very cold in the first flashback scene. It's only until he meets Nadia that he shows any sign of being an actual thinking person in the flashbacks. Yeah. We meet Ethan for the first time. Ethan Rom. Yes. This was by William Mapother. This was Tom Cruise's cousin. Tremendous casting. Great casting. Because throughout the whole series, there's weird characters showing up. And they do a thing here where a couple people show Because there's the hypochondriac. Right. Yeah, I was going to mention. Seen him up to that point. And then also this Ethan guy shows up. And there's something about Ethan's face. Yes. Where when he shows up, you just kind of know he's not just an extra person on the island to fucking fill dialogue. Well, he looks like Tom Cruise, but like Tom Cruise melted. (laughs) I don't know a better way to explain. I mean, I like no offense to the man. It's just, that's just what he looks like. And they play off of that uncanny familiarity where you're immediately like, I guess I know this guy. This guy seems familiar, which in the following episode, they also play on really well. But he is so good in these couple of episodes where he's pretending to be like a passenger because he's just he's so creepy, like right off the bat. Yeah, he's creepy. And just that thing where, again, they introduce a couple new characters here, but it was only him where I was like, who the fuck is that? We haven't seen him before. And it's like, you haven't seen a bunch yeah. of these people. That face, man. Face but they know different. you'll remember him. Yeah. Mm. So they cut back to Saeed being tortured in the jungle. And right. he explains that he's a crash survivor. And he talks mm-hmm. about the distress signal. And that's when we find out the person torturing him is the person who made that distress signal. Right. And she says, 16 years? Has it really been that long? The book Finding Lost would have you believe it's been four years, but... No, it's been 16 years. What are you talking about, book Finding Lost? But that was written after, like, season one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the math thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, look, it's definitely been 16 years. We know this from things that happened later in the series, but... Yeah. uh, At this point... I love russo she's one of my favorite characters yeah it's it's russo like the philosopher not the brothers who made avengers endgame no i mean it is like them too but well yeah but we well no it's actually not it's spelled different yeah that's what i'm saying we know it because (laughs) conveniently there is a jacket hanging where she is that has the name russo on back and saeed says her name and she's like how do you know my name he's like the fucking right jacket lady take it easy Although I will say it's tough to play like that you have information about your captor when she is so paranoid about people knowing things about her. Yeah. That's a, another risky move. But yeah, no, I mean, she's great. I think she's awesome. She's such a great character. Oh, yeah, she really is. So then they flash back to Saeed. He has to go do another torture. And uh oh, yeah. this time the person he's supposed to torture is his school friend, Nadia. Yeah. Which... 
I think we just have to, at this point, believe that she really is his school friend, Nadia, as opposed to just someone who would have information about the guy who's about to torture her. I don't know if either side of that conflict had that kind of intelligence capability going at that time. Right. And I think he recognizes her once. Yeah, when they're walking her in also, it seems like he sort of recognizes her. She's already been injured multiple times. She's had acid thrown at her and has had holes drilled in her hands. It's really quite awful, I will say. It's, yeah. Torture sucks. Yeah, torture, I'm, you know, going to go on the record. Don't like torture. That's why I don't do it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I do it occasionally, but not like, (laughs) I don't make a habit of it. We also find out Nadia's dead, or is she? Oh, right, yeah. You mean in the present day, yeah. Yes, and he says she's dead, and he says it's because of him. So you're kind of expecting, like, is he just going to, like, fucking kill this woman when he tortures Mm -hmm. her? I like the whole side quest where Hurley is building a golf course. Yeah, it might be my favorite thing about the episode. I just think it's such a great plot. Yeah, and Hurley's such a good character. Like, we find out his name isn't even really Hurley. That's in the next episode he has that conversation. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's just the ambassador of fun, man. He is taking care of people's feelings, and Mm -hmm. he's great. It reminds me of, like, an anime trope that I love, where there'll just be an episode where all the characters play baseball. (laughs) It happens in lots of different anime, and it rules. That's amazing. And it's kind of that same vibe, where it's just everybody is just kind of hanging out and having fun. It's the point he's making in the show. Like, it's the first time you've ever seen these people just have fun. And it's really effective television because the scenes with Saeed, like, it's all torture. Like, he's either on the verge of torturing someone or he's getting tortured. And those scenes of them playing golf kind of do for you as the viewer what Hurley was saying needed to be done For the people on the island, which is you can't just focus on the terror and the attacks and the bad things that are about to happen. Let's also play some golf. Exactly. I love that whole exchange where Michael walks up and sees them building this golf course. And first Hurley says something about polar bears and he's like, polar bears? Yeah. Charlie's like, you haven't heard about the polar bear? (laughs) I would be so pissed if I had not heard about the polar bear. Yeah, that's such a funny moment. It's one of those great things. It's like, yeah, I guess they wouldn't have just like instant knowledge of everything that was happening on the island. That information would have to travel and that it just didn't. And it's so funny. But I would feel like, man, we have all this free time. Yeah. Not a single person walked up to me and was like, hey, polar bear, hear about it? (laughs) Like I'd go into exile after that. Everyone must. I mean, you know, it does seem like it would be a public safety thing. You would feel like you'd have to, like, post an alert about the polar bear, you know, maybe put up some flyers like, hey, just so you know, we found a polar bear. So there might be more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just a PSA. Just warn people. Yeah. They should put on a little play like a PSA. (laughs) So they have that exchange. And then I think this is a good moment where the golf scenes kind of do what Hurley was wanting them to do. They cut to Saeed getting tortured and he gets injected with something. And I'm, I know a lot of people don't like seeing that like needles are a big phobia for a lot of people, but then it immediately cuts back to Michael and Jack and 
Michael goes, this is a real problem. And it seems like he's still upset about the golf, but then right. they pan out and they're playing golf. And yeah. Michael is like acting as Jack's caddy, basically. It's very right. cute. Very fun. It's a good little fake out. And it's just a blast. I really love the golf. It's one of my favorite lost moments. We get the image of Hurley and Charlie dancing like yeah. Charlie swinging the golf club. It's so good. Very fun. Meanwhile, back at Torture City, Russo <laughs> is rambling about the others. Right, yes. Which is kind of what the others. everyone on the island refers to everyone else as. The others thing, they narrow it down as they, yeah. I oh, think, yeah. as the writers figure out who they mean. But I, yeah, it is confusing for a while. I felt like in that moment, Saeed didn't ask about the others enough. When right. she was talking about the others, I don't recall a moment where he was like, who the fuck are the others? What do you mean? Yeah, I think it was part of his questioning. But again, he was also very focused on getting out. Escaping. Yeah. Yeah. And I had completely forgotten about Boone and Shannon. Uh, and then they just show Shannon glistening in the sun on the beach and it's like yep they're back they're here yeah yeah boone Ugh, not a fan everyone's excited about playing golf though and yeah that whole part of this episode's very fun like sawyer even gets in on the hijinks oh yeah he's like the outcast right now because you know he's hoarding their supplies and everybody thinks he was putting shannon in danger by hiding her medicine like it, people just don't like him right now yeah he does seem remarkably relaxed and well recovered from being two days off of having bamboo shoots shoved up his fingernails. Well, we see that Jack put bandages over his <laughs> fingers, so it's fine. Is that how you fix that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put a band-aid on it. He's got a great line here where uh Kate Here's yes. Jack is playing golf and she just associates him with being such a dour fuck face that he would never play golf. So she yeah. seems very excited. And Sawyer goes, doctor playing golf. Boy, howdy. Now I done heard everything. What's next? Cop eating a donut. <laughs> it's, good it's a good line. burn. Good. And I do burn. like that. Like the hypochondriac shows up and he's like, you're playing golf. And I like that he kind of has the indignation of like, even on a fucking deserted island, the doctor is playing golf when I'm trying to see him. <laughs> but then he wants to join in because he wants to have fun. Because everybody in the non-Saeed part of the story is like, we're having a good time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Saeed, he fixes Russo's music box and he yes, asks yeah. if he can leave. And she says no, because it's not safe. And he acts like he has no idea why she would say it's not safe as the sounds of some sort of monster are fucking <laughs> echoing above them. He's like, what do you mean it's not safe? What's unsafe about this island? It's like, first I of all, the traps she put out there, probably not the only one that you fell into. Right. I will say that was not what I was expecting the music box to play. It plays... <laughs> I looked it up. It's the intermezzo from Carmen, and, oh. but it's just like a very, I guess the word is complicated that comes to mind. It's just not what I associate with a music box. It was just yeah. interesting. It should have played Key West intermezzo by John Cougar Mellencamp. Yes, exactly. That fucking I Saw if You First the song. Coladas. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep, I know that song. Pina Colada <laughs> song. So, uh, yeah, he manages 
to well first there's the flashback where Saeed's boss tells him he has to execute Nadia. Right. And again, I like the editing here. I like the cutting between that happening and him mm-hmm. trying to escape Russo's compound or whatever the fuck. That scene where he and Russo point rifles at each other is yeah. so good. Very good. Very tense. It's cool. She is a legitimate threat because she is she's just crazy. I mean, like, you know, she obviously has killed and could kill again. And yeah, you don't know what she's going to do. She's been alone for so long. And you think, you know, what Saeed's going to do, because Mm -hmm. like my thought was, well, he's not going to shoot her. That's Saeed. He is a man of honor. And he pulls that fucking trigger (laughs) like he doesn't shoot her because she disabled the gun. But he was gonna. And it's like. Fuck yeah, of course. He, like, I'm really idealizing this guy who's in a life or death situation in the jungle. Like, oh, he's too nice to shoot yeah. that woman. And who just tortured a man in the last <laughs> episode. Like, he's definitely capable of some shit. I believe that he would try to do that. I mean, you know, makes sense. It's survival. But the the situation gets diffused and he, he escapes. He runs off mm-hmm. into the jungle. Question, did Jack sink that putt? They said he did. Did they? I thought so. Because the way the scene happens, people at home, if you're not watching the show, this is how Sawyer kind of ingratiates himself back into the group. They're at their golf outing, and Jack is about to try and sink this putt, and Sawyer shows up. They're wagering on this putt, even though no one has anything to wager. Right. And Sawyer walks up and offers, I think, two bottles of sunscreen and something else on the dock. And it's this sweet moment where Sawyer's like welcomed back into the group. And then Jack lines up for the putt. He's smiling. Everyone's happy. He hits the putt and then they cut to Locke throwing a knife into the tree. You don't see if Jack sank that putt. I think he did. It seemed like he was good at it because I think there's like a mention earlier where he like gets a hole in one or something. They talk about him sinking something. So I don't know. He's probably really good at golf. He seems like the type. Yeah, I mean, most people with money are good at golf. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's like a doctor. I mean, you know, not to go into the stereotype, but yeah, no, it's good, though. I like Sawyer finally becoming not an asshole. Yeah. Or less of an asshole. Yeah, you want the characters to be likable. Like, I... Right. I kind of insist on likable characters. Whenever someone's like, it's one of those movies where you just hate everybody, it's like, nope, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions, but in most cases, I mean, I usually I want say, I, someone to win, even if it's the villain who isn't supposed to win. Right. I was going to say, like, on your recommendation, I watched Dashcam, and that's a movie where I just the, hated that main character too much to like that movie. Yeah, I mean, and for me, that's a movie where I want the ghost to win. Sometimes yeah. that happens. With and they don't. Movies. That's kind of what pissed me off about it. <laughs> True. Spoiler, Spoiler alert, alert for, for a bad movie. Anyone who was going to watch Dashcam, it's all right. It's from the guy who made Host. Host was yeah, good. Yeah, and it's kind of made me question that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So this episode ends with Saeed wandering off into the jungle trying to get back to everyone. And he starts hearing right. some whispers. Yes, yeah. And apparently, because of how the fandom around this show worked, there were some viewers who managed to like decipher all of those whispers. According to the Finding Lost book, 
they took this. I don't know how this is possible. Like they mm-hmm. had to have some advanced audio equipment, but they took these stereo files and separated them into left, right, and center tracks. Sure. And that apparently made the words easier to hear. And these two users like compared notes before they published their findings. Yeah. I think was the way I mean, they described look. it. And so we have a transcript of what Saeed was hearing when this is some classic lost message board shit. I you know I used to be on those boards all the time. This is what people would do. It is. And I feel like it doesn't help. Like this doesn't make the show better. Like, no, I mean, like, look, I liked doing it, being very invested in it at the time, but I was also in high school, so I was an idiot. Yeah, no, it's not the right way to consume any type of art, <laughs> to pick <laughs> it apart, to try to find the secrets or whatever. Like, you know, it's never that deep, but it can be fun. Yeah, I won't read the whole thing, but right. just some of the things the whispers are saying, just so we can get some of that ASMR money. Lucky the man can't run. He's a crash survivor. Why only isolate him? I said we do. He's coming. You have no <laughs> idea how he got here. I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, these sound like things that TV writer and director would come up with to fill the air with vague sounding whispers that sound ominous and threatening. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't sound like there's any sort of higher meaning there other than it's almost like they're saying, like, rhubarb or whatever you know like a what you would yeah. mouth in the background to make it look like you're talking unique new york unique new right york. exactly yeah so yeah no but i mean it's interesting it's interesting to know what it is you know from a filmmaking perspective i guess but yeah definitely no higher meaning so then the next episode raised by another yes Clerf. i guess that's where the that's where the lost yeah, in, right yeah. after, after Saeed hears the whispers, then the <sighs> happens. Gosh. And uh, then it's on to Raised by Another. The, yes. The Clur flashback episode. Yes. Starts with her waking up and realizing she's not pregnant anymore. And I was mm-hmm. surprised that she wasn't at least a little relieved because, I mean, that <laughs> it's going to be a rough, rough upbringing for that kid. Yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, couldn't have been fun. She's a slight lady she had a big old belly that had to be tough yeah you know but it's a classic lost dream sequence yeah because there's there's also a baby crying in the jungle right somewhere and she happens upon Locke playing cards in the mm, jungle yes and he says she has to pay the price for giving someone up uh-huh and it's presumably this baby who is absolutely sprinting through this jungle which yeah I love that part like that. You don't <laughs> well, see babies move like that. He also, Locke has a black eye and a white eye like the oh yeah backgammon. And yeah, it turns out it was all a dream. And yes, boy, oh boy, does she get screamy over it. She really freaks out, but also she wakes up with blood on her hands. Right. Lost. Lost. <laughs> this time it's kind of slow. It seems like it takes longer in this episode the lost i don't know why it always takes i mean it's always a long one but i didn't notice it being especially long seemed like they were really rubbing it in my face this time yeah (laughs) they're like this really is lost and so this is claire's flashback episode we flash back to her learning she's pregnant turns out the dad is the tummy sticks guy from wedding crashers i don't know if that reference still lands with people 
tummy <laughs> sticks? <laughs> It's it's a scene from Wedding Crashers. I have not rewatched that movie because I don't think I would like it. But Oh yeah, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I'm sure even the tummy sticks part is very problematic. I don't even know what that dig into is a reference to. Doesn't sound great. I didn't know what it meant when I no. watched the movie. I just recognized this guy's face. He's been in a few other things, but he's like Yeah. He's like a side guy. Well, he gives off a real stable, once-a-kid vibe in the first flashback. You definitely get the sense, this guy, he's (laughs) going to stick around and be a father. He sure is. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about at all. He wants to make it work with Claire and that baby. He seems a little reluctant, but he comes around. Well, he's the one who's pushing it. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's crazy. Meanwhile, back on the island, Charlie offers to help Claire with a baby, and it's very sweet, and Charlie is the best. Charlie Uh, rules. But also, she kind of rejects him a little bit. Yeah. You know. She's in an emotional state. Uh, I mean, like, she's very heightened right now, but yeah, he was also being a little pushy in that scene, but it's fine. He was just laying it on a little thick. Yeah, when he gets up and leaves, he gives off a little bit of, oh, you don't like nice guys energy, kind of. A little bit. (laughs) A very little bit. Just in his demeanor, not so much in what he says. He's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm leaving there. I'm going to go play golf. Yeah. We also didn't mention that in the last episode when Locke was throwing knives at the tree, Walt comes up because he didn't want to play golf. And like, it's kind of like classic kid falls in with a bad crowd online. Like, uh, I don't know if you want Locke raising your kid. Yeah. Locke's his new dad now, basically. Yeah. And they do kind of make a point of Michael being sort of inattentive to Walt because he- Walt shows up at the golf range and is like, you left me by myself. And he goes, I yeah. left you with Claire. And he's like, Claire is sleeping. Yeah. So, but also, I mean, a huge recurring thing on this show, even in minor moments, is the effect that parents have on their children, like positive and negative, intentional, unintentional. Yeah. That runs throughout almost every character's story in some way so he sends walt flying into the arms of Locke to learn knife tricks in the jungle claire's flashback she goes to see a psychic now that she knows Mm. she's pregnant which why in the world would anyone do that like don't involve that well her friend is like well aren't you into astrology isn't this just like your astrology stuff and claire's like yeah i guess it is nars different (laughs) i'm I'm very bad at yeah. Trying my Australian accent out. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she said, crikey, I don't want to go to a psychic. Kangaroos. So. The outback. The psychic knows Claire is pregnant. Right. Without her telling him. And now she's listening. But then mm-hmm. he gets all freaked out and says he's not doing the reading. He throws Claire out. That is malpractice a thing in the psychic community? Because that feels like no. that. That woman is no. pregnant, and you're like, oh, shit, something bad's going to happen, but I'm not going to tell you. Take your money back. Get the fuck out of here. You just go take that with you. Just take yeah. back of my mind something bad, freaked out the psychic to the point that he crumbled up my money and threw it in my face. Thanks right. for your help, sir. Yeah. It seems like you kind of did get a reading. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was not a good one. So, yeah, she wakes up again on the island all fucking hysterical and screaming yes. 
because someone was trying to attack her and hurt her baby. Like one of the running themes in this episode is no one believes Claire. And she is super duper getting that hysterical woman. Maybe you just need some rest kind of treatment. (laughs) And she's like a motherfucker woke me up in the middle of the night with a knife. And they're like, calm down, Missy. It doesn't help that the first time she woke everybody up screaming, it was because of a dream. Right. A bad dream, but still. And then the second time she woke everybody up screaming, claiming to be attacked, she had just woken up. So, like, you know, it's easy for people to make those kind of judgments but turns out that she's not crazy so that's a problem they decide they need a census which yes yeah because at one point hurley is talking to jack and he goes uh i was just with scott and steve and he's like who are scott and steve (laughs) we need to get a counting of who is on this island and like for the rest of the series you see scott and steve all the time like scott and steve are are a running joke of characters that you mention it's good (laughs) and i love hurley again this is a great hurley subplot and he gets to have a lot of fun in this and i do love his like uh, it made me realize who are scott and steve and like he makes a good point of maybe we should all know who each other are it seems like we're gonna be here for a minute yeah and meanwhile i'm just like find out who ethan is i want to know about ethan like, well you know that guy that's what's coming showed up and yeah it's coming <laughs> so flashback claire's boyfriend breaks up with her god damn it tummy sticks <laughs> tummy sticks is so unfortunate to be pegged with <laughs> it sure that is. was this year too 2004 <laughs> oh uh, was it wedding crashers was yeah what a big sure. year for this guy. He's having the best year ever. He's tummy sticks. He's the <laughs> shitty boyfriend unlost. Yeah, he sucks. He's just such a wiener. I hate his character so much. Yeah, he's got asshole face. That's for sure. Yes. And well, and asshole personality, you know, it doesn't help. Yes. And so back on the island, Jack confirms that he does not believe Claire. He right. thinks she's having textbook anxiety nightmares right this he says he's worried she's gonna go into early labor right which she is clearly like eight months pregnant like how early and is it happening a month later gonna make it any better like are you well gonna spend that month prepping for claire's childbirth how building i mean fucking sand hospital i mean for one thing yeah they probably could do some sort of prepping if there was more time but also like I feel like the idea is you don't want to go into early labor because that's going to like cause the birth to be harder, more problematic because the body hasn't done the necessary prepping, you know? Yeah. Like it's more of the stress that leads to the early labor is my understanding. I could be totally. I just don't know if that deep into a pregnancy, it really matters. Cause I don't think every pregnant, like every pregnancy obviously doesn't go to 36 weeks. But I mean, are born at 32 weeks, 33 weeks. And I don't think it's that big of a emergency. Well, no, but that I think is different than stress induced early labor. I think that's, yeah, I don't know though. Like I said, I could be wrong. That's just the feeling I got is like, yeah, if it's happening because, you 
are having too much anxiety and your body forces it to happen. That might be different. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? No one knows. Not even doctors. <laughs> so Ethan Rom, Hurley census finally comes around to Ethan right. Rom. Well, yes. So his introduction scenes before the scene with Sawyer. Yeah. That yeah. that scene rules. It's so funny because his name is Rom. Yeah. As pointed out in Finding Lost, his name, an anagram for other man. And yeah, sure. Talking about totally. the others a whole bunch. She's just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's on purpose. I think that's why his last name is fucking Rom. Yeah, it's a very stupid fits, name. Because it fits the anagram. Because otherwise it just makes him sound like a fucking cyborg. Like a poorly written android. My name is <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Rom. <laughs> I have ROM for brains. <laughs> I am from Ontario, New York, yeah, or Canada. He's from Canada. Yes. That explains it. That's why he's so weird. William Apother. I've seen him in other things. He is very good. He's in, I think, Mission Impossible 2. Uh, he's in one of them as a fun little decoy. He just has such a weird face. He's the kind of guy, he makes you realize that Tom Cruise has a weird face, too. Mm-hmm. It's just that he, like, has those fake teeth that kind of make him look perfect but also bizarre like he's such an interesting looking guy did you ever see the outsiders tom cruise and the outsiders yeah Yeah. his teeth were all fucked up then yeah he got them fixed and like it's just interesting he's like a dark mirror of tom cruise he makes you think (laughs) like wow tom cruise i guess is kind of weird like if he's related it's like if he kind of looks like this guy like he might be kind of (laughs) weird yeah He's got a strange face. I love it. I love it, to be clear. So Jack tells Claire that she'll feel better if she just gets some sleep. And he offers her a sedative. Like how grandpa would have grandma committed to an asylum if she complained about him drinking too much back in the day. Have you ever seen that Twilight Zone episode? I don't even remember which episode it is, but there's a scene where this husband and wife are arguing. And she goes in the bathroom and is like, crying and is all upset and he talks her out and he's like oh it's gonna be okay come on just come out let's talk about this and she comes out and he walks her to the door and a police car pulls up and just fucking tosses her in the back (laughs) of the cop car and they pull off it's like that's how grandpa settled arguments yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's how grandpa settled arguments with grandma back in the 40s I've seen lots of Twilight Zones. I haven't seen that one. I fucking love the Twilight Zone. I've seen all of it. I mean, it rules. It's so So good. good. So Claire, flashback. She, fresh off of not being believed by Jack. Now it's a flashback. She goes back to the psychic who shunned her before. She visits him at his house. Yeah, she comes over. Yeah, how did she find out where he lives? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know why this time around he was like, fuck it. Yeah, give me your money. I'll do this reading. Yeah. It's like. Also, he lives in a really nice house. I mean, he's a psychic. He's a psychic. He's got that psychic money. Of course. Yeah. He (laughs) he reads the stock market. And yeah, there's not really any explanation as to why he decides to do the reading this time. He doesn't really say what scared him off last time. But right. He does the reading and he gets all freaked out again. And he's just like, look, it is imperative that you raise this child. No one else can raise this child. It has to be you. And she's like, but I'm giving this kid up for adoption. And he's like, no, fuck you aren't. And this turns into him 
apparently calling her for months and months and months while she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, she seems to imply like that he's been harassing her for a long time, even though we only see the one phone call. But when she first goes, she's not all that pregnant. And when we see that phone call, she's like super duper pregnant. Right, right, right. And she mentions that he's been calling her. So right. he's adamant that he has a plan and he can take care of this. And she, meanwhile, is meeting with these prospective parents about this adoption. And she's right. maybe going to give the baby up. And it t- turns into a whole thing. Well, there's the great moment that I love where she goes to sign the papers and the pen doesn't work. Yeah. Which is so good. That's just such a great ominous thing that makes her like rethink what she's doing. Yeah. And so before that resolves, they cut back to Hurley's census and someone, I think it's Boone, maybe coming through with the first good idea he's had on this show. is like, why don't you just check the manifest and cross off the names of the dead people? And that should give us a pretty accurate count of who's here. Boone, I want to note he is in a perfect illustration of his annoyingness as a character is wearing a shirt that has Japanese kanji on it. Oh, sure, sure. And it just says 84. I don't know oh. what that means. I don't think that means anything. Like, it's just like he just bought this shirt. It's like, oh, cool. It's got like Asian letters. And like, it's just nonsense. It means 84. Like, what, why does it say 84? <laughs> There's a really, I keep bringing up the Finding Lost book. Sure. There is a thing they do in that book where pretty much any number, like at one point in one of the episodes when Saeed is talking to Nadia, he says, there's a supply truck 40 yards from here. And Mm -hmm. the book points out that 40 is one of the numbers in that (laughs) sequence. Like there's at the end of every episode guide, they tell you where any number that was in that sequence shows up and they bring up the 80. Did he say 42? Because it's 42 is, is in the, if you're talking about, the numbers. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, well, I, I know the numbers. He said 40, 40. No, he said 40. So okay. it doesn't even matter. And also 1984. Yeah. They're like, the show is taking on some themes of George Orwell's 1984. And it's like, <laughs> is it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it's, not by this point, really. This stuff sounds so much like a benign version of that fucking Stanley Kubrick documentary that we watched, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just that kind of stuff. You know, like I said, I took part, but it's so funny to look back after knowing it's like, yeah, this is just a show. It's telling a story. So back to Claire's meeting. First, Hurley, he has the great conversation with Sawyer to get oh, the manifest, right. which I love where he just sits down and is like, look, man, I'm going to cut the shit. You need a win and I need a manifest. How about we help <laughs> each other out here? You know, it's so yeah. good. He plays it so well. And you can tell Sawyer is kind of like finds it amusing as well. It's yeah, good. I like the sunglasses Sawyer has on. They're like little girls sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They look all right on him. I mean, you could tell every scene that he's not on camera. He's just like rooting through some dead person's <laughs> luggage. And he's like, at least I'm not getting tortured. Exactly. Could be worse. Yeah. Wait, we need. No, it's vital that we need a little girl's sunglasses. We need to know where you <laughs> hid them. <laughs> so Claire starts having contractions and. Yeah. Once again, people just really, really want her to calm down. And then they cut back to her meeting with these 
parents who are going to adopt her kid. And she backs out at the last Mm -hmm. minute and she goes to the psychic to hear his plan because he's been telling her he's got a plan. Mm -hmm. And it turns out his plan is also just, Hey, give that baby up for adoption. I got a couple in Los Angeles who will take the baby and will be safe with them, but not with the people you're trying to give the kid up to. Right. And she goes for it. That's why she ends up being on this plane. Yeah. And Charlie brings up the obvious question, which is, well, that guy was a psychic and he mm-hmm. wanted you to raise this kid alone. Do you think right. he maybe knew this plane was going to crash? <laughs> and that that was how he was going to fix the problem. And you and know, it's a valid question because he is I, very insistent that she has to get on flight 815. Right. I mean, that seems to be the case. I believe that spoiler vague. I mean, whatever. Spoiler. This show's 20 years old. Get <laughs> over fine. it. But like. That seems to be what the case was like. That was his ultimate plan. It's like he saw that something horrible would happen if she didn't raise the kid. And so he saw that this plane would crash. Yeah, which is a great twist. Yes, that is a fun way for that psychic storyline to end. Right. It's a great twist for the flashback. And then the way that the island story ends is just great. It's one of my favorite episode endings where... She's having contractions and she's alone in the forest with Charlie and she's freaking out. And so they're like, well, we got to find somebody to get us help. Somebody has to go get Jack. So let's ask the first person that we find. Who's the first person that we find? It's Ethan. And this is all dovetailing, right? As Hurley reveals to Jack that Ethan wasn't on the manifest and Saeed comes in from the jungle saying that there are other people on the island. And right at that moment, they ask Ethan for help. And he has the creepiest that he's ever been in that shot. It's such a creepy shot of him. Yeah, you can tell it's going to be a problem. It's a great ending because so much happens. So Just Saeed coming back is so great. Yeah. And yeah, lost. It's the end lost. of the episode. Doom. We just see Ethan Rom staring down Claire and Charlie Ugh. with a creepy look on his face. Episode like, over. It's such a perfect. He's just like dead eyed. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So do we have any final thoughts on these episodes? Oh, my only other note was that I thought it was really funny that Hurley in his conversation with Sawyer, he says, you're just going to tell me to screw off. And then Sawyer's like, screw off. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fun little joke about TV, like censorship. (laughs) So So, yeah, that's my final thought. (laughs) These are great episodes. I love these two. And so the next two episodes, episodes 11 and 12, all the best cowboys have daddy issues. Another Jack flashback, but a good on Island story. And whatever the case may be. Another Kate flashback and not the best island story. That is a weaker episode of the first season in my memory. So go watch those if you haven't. People at home. Yeah. I mean, you go go watch the whole series. Catch up. If Catch up want. to us. We've seen it. Yeah. Don't want to spoil and stuff for you. We will. We absolutely will yes. if we need to. Uh, you know, we'll dance around it, but we will yeah. uh, in the end spoil it. <laughs> Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I mean, if you listen to this, you probably know about Conspiracy the Show. Other than that, no. I sure hope so. But if not, if you're listening to this f- for free, just 
parasites leeching off of us, then maybe you don't know that we host another podcast called Conspiracy the Show. And yeah. the thing about it, it's a conspiracy podcast, but it's not that kind. We're not like inciting people yeah. to storm the Capitol. No. It's very objective. No, it's very good. It's very good. Listen to it. It is good. Listen to Conspiracy uh, the Show. Also, uh, I'll plug, go see 3,000 Years of Longing <laughs> in theaters. I'm not in it. I'm not affiliated with it in any way. It's just a good movie, and I think more people should see it. I'll check it out. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Should we get out of here? Yeah. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>